I have a technical question to ask. Jeremy, are you going to keep track of it back there for me? And I'll put away my phone. Uh, we uh, looked last week at uh, 2 Samuel chapter 15. If you want to open your Bible to that place, uh, I just didn't feel like we did it as effective a job as I would have liked to have done on just bringing this all together. And, uh, and, and I'd like to have you think about this notion of God's good presence. The Lord is with us. The, the Lord is present. He is, he is in our world. He is active in our lives. Even when we do not sense it, even do, when we do not uh, feel it, even, then, even when things are coming unraveled from our perspective, God is present. Now, if you remember the story, uh, the, 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 this first slide just kind of helps you to kind of remember what happened. Absalom came in and, and, he, and he, uh, he, uh, he, he went to the people and he, he said to them as they were coming to the king for judgment every day, man, if, the, if there was only someone better than him to listen to you. And over the course of time, Absalom stole the hearts of all the people. He told each person that was distraught, oh man, you need a better representation. And David didn't know that this was happening until after the fact. And, and, and David had a guy come to him, and, and he said, hey, uh, Absalom has the whole kingdom behind him. And in the process of Absalom going to Hebron, a fortified city, he had brought with him 200 of David's cabinet and key people, and he had them hostage so that David had no one to call upon. And so David has to flee from the city. And, and the, the verb used there of David fleeing is a, is a word of, of just chaos. It's the first time it's used in David's uh, life and ministry that there's chaos. And, 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 and yet here he is fleeing. And as he leaves, he gets down to the valley before he gets ready to go back up the next hill. The bottom of the Kidron Valley. And the priest, Abathar, is there with the Ark of the Covenant. He says, hey, we'll take this with you. We'll take the ark with you. Now, Abathar was the same guy that David had gone down, and he had been there, and he, had, he, he was fleeing from Saul, and, uh, and there was a sword there, the sword of Goliath. And, and the priest gave to David the sword of Goliath. But Doag was there. And Doag told Saul. And Saul came in and killed all of the priesthood, except for one guy. One guy escaped with his life, Abathar. This is a guy that's been with David through thick and thin, through everything that could have happened. And so now he's there with the, with the ark, and he says, we'll go with you, David. And David says, no, no, no. Take the ark back into town. Take the ark back into town, you know. If, if, if God is with me, if I find favor with him, he will bring me back. But if I have no pleasure in him, behold, here I am. Let him do what seems good. Now when you read that, your initial thought is David's just resigning. Oh, woe is me. I'm going to sit here in the street corner and give up. But, but it, you read, the, the, the text goes on to say, and David tells Abathar to go, go back into town. He tells him, next slide. He says, hey, listen. You're a seer. Go back in the city in peace. Now, he, he kind of has a play on words here. He says, you're a seer. Go back and see for me. 
He, he makes Abathar a spy for him to go back in and find out what's going on. Show the next slide. David says, it's told to David, Ahithophel's with them. And David says, Lord, turn the counsel of Ahithophel. Turn it to foolishness. Uh, show the next slide. So uh, uh, he, he tells uh, this friend, Hushai, he says, go back and tell Absalom, I'll be your servant. So he not only has a, has a spy in Abathar, he has a, a guy working with him, uh, seeking to undermine the, what uh, Absalom is doing. In other words, all of this is to say that David is making plans. Uh, go back again, and not all of plan, uh, the other direction, Jeremy, back to six. Uh, he, he tells, uh, he, uh, next one after that, I'm sorry, seven, you're right. The, he, he tells them, he says, uh, uh, go back and tell this message to Absalom. And tell him this, and, and maybe he'll use you to defeat the council of Ahithophel. Then he has a guy come to him that, uh, by the name of Ziba, and he, and he tells Ziba, and he makes some plans with Ziba. Some of David's plans are good. Some of David's plans are bad. Okay, so in other words, we're not seeing a David that is inactive. That my, that's my point of all this. David is still completely active. But look again at what he says. The blue slide. Carry the ark back. And if I find favor, he will bring me back. But if I have no pleasure, behold, here I am. Let him do what seems good. He didn't want the ark with him, but he wanted God with him. Now, again, God's Good presence. Next slide. God's good presence. There's a couple, three things we want to see real quick. First of all, uh, this, this idea. David is here. Go ahead, give me the first one, Jeremy. There should be a first one. It's coming. God's presence means more than the ark. You have to distinguish between things we use to know God and God himself. This is a chair. It replaced a pew. God left with the pews, and now we're stuck with chairs. We know that's not true, don't we? We know that's not true. We can really easily do that. We can really easily attach God to the things that we've learned from God. For instance, how many of you had a a really tough time when you had to get rid of your Bible and go to a new American standard. You know what I mean? God was in the pages of the King James. By the way, that isn't bad. It's not bad. God God has spoke to me a lot through the King James. But God's presence is more than the ark. It's more than the ark. And you have to learn to distinguish between God and you, you leave this church. I, I've had people tell me, well, you know, we've not ever found a church because we've never been able to find a church like the one we had at Rock Creek. 
And when I hear that from people, they mean it as a compliment. This church is so good, they can't find anything like it. I take it that I'm a failure. Because they left and they didn't get attached to another church. That's a bad thing, not a good thing. I hope you like this place. And I hope you're here next week. But if you move to Kalamazoo, find the Kalamazoo Bible Church. Or the Baptist Church. Or the Methodist Church. Or wherever you best find God's presence there. But find it. And attach yourself to God's people. Next, next, uh, it's so easy to make holy things into idols. Now an idol is something that you take and you replace God with. Here's some idols. You ready? You ready? I put my kids in Christian school. They're going to turn out. You just made Christian school into an idol. Well, Christian school, forget that. We homeschooled. That's a, a serious upgrade. <laughs> Seriously. I've had devotions every day. How could God do this to me? We prayed together as a family. How did she get sick? I've had people tell me, I've prayed for this person who has cancer. I know they're going to survive. They might not. You make a holy thing. You can make prayer into an idol. You can make your Bible translation into an idol. You can make your, your commitments to your spouse into an idol. You can make all kinds of things into idols. And you can say, God owes it to me now. I did it. And if Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the debt of your sins, God didn't owe you anything. It is paid in full by the blood of Christ. Do I have an amen? Okay, there's no debt on God's part towards you. Now, he's going to take care of you. Do you remember what, Paul's, what, what, what David said? God will do good what seems to him. Let me tell you, what God thinks is good, it's good. What you think of good is debatable. I, I'll give you one example just to prove the point. I woke up this morning, I, I whipped out the shirt, I had it put on. It was light blue, I had a, I had a great Kansas tie. And I thought, you know, that's kind of rubbing in on those K-Staters because they've, they've not won yet. So I, so I pulled out a purple shirt and a purple tie and I thought, I'll wear it. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to bring them down, and, you know, because they're all going to go, you're not a K-State fan, don't be wearing our colors. So I wore the most in-between thing I could find. You know. Let's not. I forgot the whole point of what I was making. <laughs> this is the problem with getting old. What was I talking about, Charlene? What? idols seriously seriously don't think that you've done what it took and that God now owes you look to Jesus who died in your place and realize he's bought you 
Don't attach yourself to some behavior of yours rather than Jesus. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. Give me the third one, Jeremy. Discover the present God that frees you of your idols. I've talked to people that have a bucket list. I'm going to do these things. It's, I'm going to do this before I kick the bucket. You know, I, I have no problem with you having a bucket list, okay? But I'm just going to give you my perspective a little bit. And, and don't take this. This isn't gospel. This is just a perspective to help illustrate what I'm talking about. God has given me the opportunity to do so many cool things that I would have never thought of putting on my bucket list. I shredded my bucket list a long time ago, and I said, you know, God, whatever you got for me, bring it on, because it'll be good. Having my mother-in-law in the basement of our house breathe her last breaths. It's good. It's good. I will treasure, uh, as long as my memory allows me, the honor. But it was hard. Found a little postcard yesterday. You got to know Charlie to appreciate this postcard. This little postcard was to is a postcard for the Wamigo Hilltop Inn. Anybody ever stayed at the Wamigo Hilltop Inn? I know right where it is. Hey, I got a hand back here. The Wamiga Hilltop Inn. And on the back side of the Wamiga Hilltop Inn, it said in pencil, $5 motel room. Dollar seventy-four, dinner. Seventy-six cents, breakfast. This is from a long time ago. I added them all up. It came up to forty-three dollars and some change. You know what this is? This postcard. It's Charlie's ledger of his honeymoon expenses. My mother-in-law kept it. <laughs> he thought I was worth it. She kept it. Don't make your life about an idol. Make it about a present God who lives with you. And don't think God owes you something. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what the Apostle John said. The Apostle John lived with God. Jesus leaned upon his breast. He called himself, I'm the one that he loved. And he lived to be an old, old man, taken away to the island of Patmos, and he wrote back letters to the church. And he he said, that that has dwelled among us, we beheld his glory, and we make it known to you. And he got to the very end of that letter, and you know what he said? He said, little children, keep yourself from idols. yourself from idols. Little children, remember you're a kid 
Keep yourself from idols. Father, thank you for your word. How easy idolatry can creep in and destroy the beauty of a relationship with the living God. Keep us from it. Take the ark back to town. I get to live with God in my heart. It doesn't mean I shouldn't have commitments. It doesn't mean I shouldn't see some things as holy. But it does mean I should keep God on the throne and not some rule, not some piece of plastic, not some idol. So God, may you be the good God who is present. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.